0: Welcome back to Mr Cummings VC informatics podcast. In this episode we're going to take a look at key knowledge points 8, 9 and 10. Now we're going to start with key knowledge point 9. Design principles that influence the functionality and appearance of solutions. Here we're looking at how a system looks and operates. Now when we're looking at functionality we're talking about usability. Uh, which consists of robustness, flexibility, and ease of use as its main components. There's a great illustration of this on page 18 of your textbook. You might like to use that to fill out your key knowledge points. Robustness supports easy recovery of our data or system. This means that a user should be able to easily move backwards and forwards between the steps that they take in a program, just like the undo and redo functionality that you'd see in an Office product. Software should make it very difficult for users to make mistakes, and it should also allow them to go back and correct mistakes easily where they are made. As an example, if a user is using an online form and they're making a purchase um, they've entered all their details correctly, first name, last name, etc. And when they get to the credit card details, they've made a mistake. They should easily be able to go back, change that credit, those credit card details uh, without losing all the rest of the details that they've entered. Likewise, if a website crashes, it should allow the user to come back and continue from where they've left off. Flexibility and ease of use includes providing clear instructions to the user uh, in what's expected of them and the processes that they need to follow when they're using your software. Software should guide the user through the process, telling them at what stage of the process they're in and what they need to do to continue and finish the process. The ideal would be that a user who's unfamiliar with our software was able to complete the expected function first time and without extra instruction. Flexibility includes having multiple ways to do things as uh, a very simple example, clicking File and Save, or using Control and S to save your files in Microsoft Word. We should also aim to have flexibility in the way the user can configure their system. Uh, in our class, we have a customized configuration on our OneNote documents. You have pages that you can edit. You have pages that you can see but not edit. There are pages that all class members can see and pages that only I can see. Some additional important aspects of flexibility is writing our software to work with a a wider range of devices. For example, a HTML file can work on a mobile phone, a PC, a Mac or a Linux PC and many other devices. We should aim to future-proof our software as much as possible and provide accurate error messages to users. That means error messages that allow users to know what steps they need to follow to solve a problem. We should also have software that supports task migration. For example, uh, we may be able to get our data from a website into a CSV file, which could then be opened up in other programs. The next part of functionality is accessibility, which includes navigation and error tolerance accessibility means that our system is accessible to a wide range of users including people in different locations people with different cultural backgrounds who speak different languages uh, of different genders and people of different abilities Uh, now providing accessibility generally means having multiple ways of doing things and also multiple ways of accessing help for example having a night mode and a day mode or a contrasting mode for the appearance of our software. Having large buttons, text, using contrasting colors, or having text-to-speech options. Using images or avatars for those that can't read the text. Now the second design principle we're looking at is appearance, which includes alignment, repetition, contrast, space, and balance. Now alignment means that we're placing objects such as input text boxes and buttons in a way that makes it easy for the user to follow our process. Generally input boxes will be aligned to the left and will be lined up together and not in a random arrangement. Repetition is used to unify elements in our layout. Buttons should have a similar look. Input boxes should have a similar look uh, and so on so that people know what they're doing when they see a certain avatar. Checkboxes and bullet points keep similar information linked together. Contrast is uh, used to separate items that are not related. For example, a dark background with a light heading separates those two attributes or using large headings and smaller subheadings. We can also use space to separate objects on the screen. If two things are not similar or not related, they should not be appearing next to each other. And we have two types of balance being symmetrical and asymmetrical. Symmetrical balance means that all items on a page, or all objects on a page equally draw the eye. Whereas if we have some items that stand out above others, such as a large or contrasting heading, we have asymmetrical balance. Now we're going to take a look at key knowledge point eight, design tools for describing data types and the value of entity relationship diagrams. That's ER diagrams for representing the structure of an RDBMS. Now the two tools we're talking about here are uh, PR diagrams obviously which we'll do some examples of in class and normalization which we've looked at in a previous podcast and just as a refresher normalization essentially means that we're aiming to remove all redundant data meaning we never have to re-enter the same data once it's been entered which is going to limit the probability of mistakes moving on to key knowledge point 10 design tools for representing solutions here we're talking about IPO charts or input process output charts, data structure diagrams and query design. In IPO charts we aim to work out what we're going to be expected to input into our software, what's going to happen to that data that's been input and what information is going to be output. It's essential that we do this before we create any software. We need to know what data we have and what we're trying to achieve with that data. Data dictionaries enable us to understand how we're going to structure our data in terms of tables, fields, uh, relationships, and and validation. It's important that we think about our tables, fields, and relationships before we begin to produce our database because it's very difficult to change once we've started entering data. And naming conventions allows us to easily identify fields, tables, reports, and forms, and so on uh, within our database.